Welcome! Look who we have here, ladies and gentlemen. Back on the show, Lily, it is a pleasure to see you. Damn, How... it's been too long. Too long. <laughs> it has been too long. How long has it been? A couple of years. It goes by couple quick, doesn't it? It goes by quicker and quicker, I've found, as I've gotten older, which is terrifying. I'm trying to slow down time. If, if you know any secrets, <laughs> you seem to be aging backwards, Dan. <laughs> No, I was going to say, you seem to be aging backwards. What's your secret? That's good. I'll take that. You know what? I have a vibration plate and every morning I stand on this. It looks like a giant skateboard and I stand on it and it and it wiggles me and I don't stop wiggling for like 30 <laughs> minutes afterwards. It's just my body composition. And um, I think that's the secret to it. I also have my my giant jug of water, which I don't have currently, but I So I what's this jig? What are we calling it? A jiggler? A vibrator. Yeah, oh, I don't want That's to say that. Actually. Line, the jiggler. Um, yeah, the vibration. Yeah, plate. yeah you can vibration find plate. Yeah. Yeah, I've 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 turned like fifteen people onto them because they'll stand on the vibration plate and then be like, "Where did you get one of these vibration plates?" Um, oh, thank you. I've actually just been brought my. Oh, this thank you very much, anonymous guest from the side. Anna <laughs> White on the side here. Um, Yes, this is actually, this is my fourth one of these. I had, I started getting onto these when I was um, in New Mexico and it's the driest place in the world. Actually, I wonder if you, if Australia is drier. I don't know. Is it dry where you are? Uh, no, it's not too bad, depending where yeah. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I was turned into a raisin in the second week of filming Roswell. So I bought this canteen and um, it's been with me, you know, for a, a little while and I'm just... I have two fears, Dan. The first is that I have to pee and I don't know where I'm going to pee. And the second <laughs> is that I don't have to pee and so I must be dehydrated. So you're living in a constant state of fear. Yeah, it keeps me running. Speaking of which. Hey, I want to thank you because you were my fourth ever interview on the channel and I've done now nearly 200. So I want to just say off the top, thank you very much. Number four was the lucky one. I think it was number four that really tilted you in. It and really it went downhill it. ever since. But we're now we're back up. We're going back up. What number is this? Do you know? I think it's around 190. Yeah. 190? Yeah. Wow. So you've been working. You've been doing that. <laughs> yeah. I've been hustling. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I've been I hustling. There were 190 people in this world. But I still haven't found someone as lovely as you, Lily. So we, I don't think, I think it's an endless search. My God. Well, I'll just come back 191, 192, 193. It can just be the Lillian. We could start a podcast. You would actually be great at a podcast. Have you ever thought about doing one? I've never thought of it because I don't find myself, like, I don't feel that I have enough to say, to although I yeah. talk a lot. <laughs> like I would, but no, I don't feel like I have the authority to really speak on anything. So I, I would be, I don't know what I would talk about. So what have you been up to since we last talked? You put out a game. Um, That's right. That's not right. by yourself, Immortal. but you were in a game, Immortals of Aim. That was all me. <laughs> Wrote it, produced it. Yeah, it was a huge feat. Um, no, Immortals of Avium had an incredible team behind it, some of the best people I've worked with. I had so much fun doing that. And I don't think that maybe I had actually started filming it when we spoke, when we were speaking last. Yeah. I mean, Call of Duty came out, but actually those were sort of concurrent. But um, the Call of Duty franchise, like they churn them out. They're fast as hell. You can't even fathom the amount of work. And I know people who work on those games and they're like, it's a constant slog. Like they're just, they, 
with the quickness they do so well by their fans. But Immortals of Avium was, you know, more of an independent studio. So it took a little bit of time, but I think I had been working on both of them at the same time. So I would have been already starting to work on Zendara when we were speaking. Um, and then, yeah, I was still filming Roswell back then. So I was living in New Mexico and just being part of that incredible team. When did um, that get, when, when did that end? That finished, uh, I guess, 2022, we had our fourth season. And then there was so much shakeup actually with the network that I think, we, I think we all assumed we'd keep going back. Like, I think we thought it was, you know, we had such a smooth running operation mm. and there was such a loyal, wonderful fan base. So I think we were all a little like, oh, but you know, there's just so much it's been, obviously the whole industry has been kind of upended. So mm. um, change over at the CW. So we parted ways, which was so bittersweet because you get, you know, it's like a family, especially after four years, you like, I know things about those people. <laughs> that you'll never be able to share. <laughs> I'll never be because of NDAs I signed. No, I didn't. So I'll tell you all about it. Um, <laughs> no, you know, but on the other hand, it's, it, you know, it also opens up your life to work on new things. So I've been, um, I've been working on some of my own stuff. I, I wrote and produced a short film We've just started submitting it to film festivals, which is so exciting. I That's can't awesome. wait to share. It. Um, and then, yeah, I've been writing a lot. I um, I wrote a screenplay this summer. I'm onto my second one now. So I've been, you know, I always write parts for myself. So I hope to, to keep. <laughs> You're always one. thinking of yourself uh, like I'm a I'm always thinking of myself, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's been a really fun process and such a such an exciting new part of my own creativity to like kind of feel out and and explore so that's been really gratifying um but i've been you know we put out immortals this summer which is so exciting and the reception was amazing too that character which i'm sure we're going to talk about but was such a fun and new type of role for me and yeah it was it was a huge moment for me actually as an actor i feel like i got i got to explore parts of myself that i actually had always tried to like hide but really? we'll get into that yeah, totally. I mean, she's, yeah. Well, I'll tell you all about it. But yeah, no, no. So finish, um, with with, yeah, with Roswell, the yeah. um. So was that a shock to you guys? And also, you know, you said it was bittersweet. But did you get to end some story arcs in that season four? I mean, I think I think it was a little bit of a shock. Yeah. I think I assumed that we would go to five. I think I felt that there was going to be like a big, um, yeah, tie up around the fifth season. And we could feel, I remember getting the script for the final episode in four. And I had been like, oh, we're definitely coming back. There's no way we're not. And then I got that script and I was a little like, this is a, these are some bows that are happening here. Why are we tying bows? Like very often you get these, big cliffhangers at the end of season so that it's like you better tune in for next season and I saw that there was like a little bit of um, resolution happening so I think there was a sense and again I think a lot of it had to do with the changeover at the network so they were yeah. a little bit like oh we might who knows what's going to happen mm -hmm. so we should have some kind of like soft resolution so I think there was some but I think if we'd been given you know it's one of these things you've we found out that we weren't being picked up after we had finished wrapping. So we didn't have the luxury of really being able to very intentionally tie up all of those loose ends. And I think that's, you know, we probably could have done a lot to 
give a lot of justice to the characters if we'd had that knowledge beforehand, but that's the way it goes. Yeah, and they, there was so many shows, I'm pretty sure, that they axed or cancelled. I'm, I'm yeah. sure it was CW, isn't it? Yeah. Bloodbath, yeah, CW. Yeah. But so grateful that we got four, four seasons. I mean, that was my first job as a series regular, so it was like I felt like I hit the jackpot. And also just the people that I got to work with, like I said, they were such a family. We were so tight and living in Santa Fe, which is such a cool city, but it's smaller. So we all got like, it was, you know, summer camp. We were like, except it was freezing cold. Oh, really? I thought it was hot. It was hot in the summer and then high desert. We're actually at 7,200 feet, which I don't know. I'm not going to try to convert to meters. So you can do that for yourself. But yeah. high up, like high altitude. And um, yeah, the high desert in the winter, like it would be 19 degrees and we were filming. I actually look back on that and I'm like, that was, it was hardcore. Like we yeah. were Navy SEALs. I, that's, I'm sorry to any Navy SEALs who just heard that and are like, you were absolutely <laughs> not Navy SEALs. But for an actor, we were like, you know, you're filming all night long. It's a hour night shoot and you're like, it's a CW. So you're wearing like a silk uh. nightgown, <laughs> high heels. And you're like, but you loved the, didn't you get off on the, um, on the stunts and that sort of thing? You loved that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much fun. And I was so lucky that my character got to have an arc where she like really leaned into it and yeah. embraced it. So I got to fight with a, I got eventually my own sword. I had this beautiful alien sword that would like, it was so cold again. Like my knuckles would, I would be just free bleeding just all over the place. And I was like, make sure it makes it into the shot. <laughs> <laughs> Looks so hardcore. <laughs> Did got to fight with a pool cue. There's some hand to hand stuff. But there's something. Was... There's a commonality with your characters. There's always they're always either badass or fighting or what. So what's going on? You know, I've got a lot of women stand. My <laughs> strong within me. I don't know. I'm so grateful for that. And as like I look back and think about my younger self and I'm like I wouldn't have wished for any other kinds of roles as like a kid I feel like I that would have been a dream for me and you know I think I practiced martial arts for many years when I was living in Los Angeles and so that just became part of you know I feel like maybe you know I'm also giant I'm like almost 5'11 5'10 and a half and I'm have like this kind of physicality plus I think maybe my I have this deep voice and so it, I have an instrument that I think lends itself to like, don't fuck with me. I'm gonna, oh, did we make it to two minutes? Yeah, we did. It's all good. <laughs> don't mess with me. Um, <laughs> don't fuck with me. Yeah. Don't fuck with me, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it's also something that I actively like put out there. I remember having a conversation with the showrunner, Karina, on Roswell being like, can you just give me a fight scene? Can you just try? And the character in season one was not someone that you would think would get into a fight. And then, you know, I think it, it sort of like naturally turned that way. But oh. um, so you kind of pushed I, it that way a little bit. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was definitely like, just give me a shot. Like, let me in coach. Let me just show you what I got. And I remember watching the stunt girls being like, okay, I just have to like, I just have to do it just a little bit better there. And like, all right. <laughs> Oh, uh, you're competitive. Really... Uh, yeah. You know, funny. Like, I just, I, I so wanted to prove that it was a good idea that what I'd like suggested would be, you know, would pay off, and then that they would just give me more. And and it, yeah, I guess it did. It, it read so. It was so fun, and 
a lot of those fight scenes, I got to fight Nathan, my the the actor who played my brother. So it was a lot of brother and sister physical fighting, which I feel like is cathartic for everyone. You know, they're like, yeah. So when you when you look back on that show, you just it's just fond memories, yeah. And it's mostly is it true like you just think of the cast and crew, really? That's what you yeah. miss the most. You know, I miss the cast and crew so much that we were super tight knit. And um, that's definitely a huge part of it. But I miss New Mexico. I really loved that state. I'm actually still a resident. I just um, renewed my license. <laughs> I still have a New Mexican <laughs> license plate on my car. They're like, I'm like, um, when are you going to admit that you moved to Connecticut? <laughs> all the way, baby. Um, I miss the culture there and just the people. And yeah, the whole vibe was, it was really fun. I loved living in Santa Fe. If you haven't been to Santa Fe, it's a, it's a such a special place to visit. No, I haven't been. Um, I've only been to the big cities in America. I'm ashamed to say. I do want to explore a bit more next time I'm over. <laughs> you uh, just give me a ring, Dan. I'll show you the good time. We can do like a American road trip. Dan and Lil take an American you, road you trip. You love road trips, don't you? Uh, and so do I. There's something about them. It's just the camaraderie. Yeah, yeah, it's the camaraderie, you know. Put the music like, up, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the music. What's your go-to song? Wow, it really depends trip. on like where I'm driving and what the vibe is. But um, just, I mean, it, I think it, it so depends on what I'm doing. But I've been listening to a lot of like folk music. So I feel like out there in the like American West, I was listening to a lot of like Woody Guthrie and, you know, a lot of Bob Dylan and just like really leaning into my like Americana roots while I was out there really feeling that Good taste. but you know i'll get down with anything like i actually love i love most types of music weirdly when you said that my go-to was like meatloaf and i was like don't say me <laughs> don't say meatloaf but i'll throw on some meatloaf yeah you're doing <laughs> so, anything not to say it uh yeah meatloaf yeah okay interesting the so, whole album it's so epic it's just i just <laughs> a lot on the top of my lungs so last time we didn't actually get to ch chat about you growing up. I know you grew up speaking Spanish and you speak fondly of of Olga. Was that her name? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Sorry, I didn't want to make you cry this early. But... Not at all. I'm this early. I did want to make you cry later on. <laughs> yeah, later um, on. Yeah. No. Uh, yes, I was raised by this incredible woman, Olga Tavares, Maria Olga Tavares. And she had an enormous impact on me. Yeah, I grew up in the woods in Northwest Connecticut, actually where I am now, um, not in this home, but in a different home. But uh, my parents were both actors and they were in and out of New York so much. So I was really raised by this woman who was just the most generous, loving, just more than my mother, you know, deeper than family kind of a vibe. And uh, I'm so grateful that I, yeah, that I was raised and speaking Spanish too. That was a huge gift. What's that like with your mum and dad going out all the time? And is that a challenge as a kid or? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, um, you know, having two actor parents definitely is, uh, it's a very bohemian kind of way to grow up. I think it's really fun as a child to see your parents in these like play worlds and knowing that that's available the kinds of people that I was exposed to it, you know, in New York theater and just the the oddballs that they were working with. Um, it was so 
magical as a child to just have a world that was, it felt so expansive and so non-traditional. So I think I grew up in this really like open-minded, very, you know, creative kind of place, which is an incredible place for a child. Um, but on the other side, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that has to happen. You know, as an actor, you get called to a job and you have to go here, or go there. Or if you're in a play, it's like grueling. I mean, my my pop would ride his motorcycle into New York City every night for his, you know, his plays. If he was doing, you know, eight shows a week and he would just drop us off at school, motorcycle into the city, perform the play, motorcycle home, get back at like two in the morning and wake up and do it all again over and over and over again for the length of a play. Um, that was less difficult, I would say, than, you know, when they were had to travel for work and it was like, mom's going away for eight weeks and you're like, don't go, mom. But then, you know, you get to go visit mom on set and that's pretty cool. And you're like, mm. damn, look at all the stuff that mom's doing. And, you know, having also a model of a woman who was, um, she was so, my mother is such a powerhouse and has this incredible work ethic. And anytime I would go and visit her on set, I could feel that people were, you know, responded to her like, wow, your mother is such a, an incredible just force and she comes so prepared. And I think as a little girl, like seeing that reflected in your mother is like, it's my mom, like, dang, my mom was like, that's yeah, pretty cool. It's cool. And yeah. yeah. And seeing also, you know, a female who my mother's career has just, it's continued to grow and grow and evolve through so many years. So it's also been such a, a wonderful example of women not aging out. And, you know, there's this terrible idea of like, oh, you get to a certain age and then, you know, nobody's going to want you. And it's like, that was the opposite. Um, so having that as the example closest to me, I mean, what a gift that is to be like, no, hell no, I'm going to be working till the day I die. Exactly. And and she must've taught you a few things about the business along the way, I'm guessing. Yeah, the good and I'm, the bad. The good and the bad. Yeah. yeah. I think it actually made me take it really seriously growing up in that way. I think I had, you know, I was, in plays that my father would write and I was always around it. So I was like, oh yeah, this is absolutely, I'm going to go into the family business and be doing this. And then there was an age where I had to step back and really examine if that was the life that I wanted, because I knew so intimately the trials and tribulations, you know, it seems like it's a glamorous profession, but it's so unglamorous so much of the time. And, you know, just the reality of how difficult it is to be making a living as an artist and, yeah, again, all the sacrifices that have to be made when you have a family, that stuff is big, it, you know, so it gave me, I think I went into it with my eyes really wide open because I knew um, very intimately what it would be, what would be required of me. And I had to ask, like, can I take this on or do I want to do something, you know, do I want to live a, a life that's going to be a little less chaotic? Was there, um, was there ever another path that you were going to take? Yeah, for a little while I was working in documentary film actually. Oh. Um when I was in college behind the camera. Uh, behind the camera, baby. Wow. Yeah. Which is great. It's another form of storytelling, you know. Mm. So I think I was always going to be probably always going to want to be a storyteller in some way or another. But I was going to um, say now you're doing now you're kind of doing that now. Back to the roots yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, starting to write and produce. That's been I mean, it's just there's so many different parts to anything that gets made. Um, and so being able to, you know, try my hand at different parts has been really gratifying. Um, 
And I think I've lived a life that's shown me I'm, I'm always going to want to be exploring all the different facets of my, you know, curiosity. So being able to scratch that, it's just been really great. But um, yeah, for a little while I was, I went, um, my senior thesis in college, I made a documentary um, on Pentecostal churches in Maputo, Mozambique. I also speak Portuguese, Dan. You do? Which I, I learned in order to make that film. They speak uh, Portuguese in, in Mozambique. It was a Portuguese colony. Hold on, when did you learn that? That would have been in college, yeah, 2008, 2009. Oh, so now I have to hear it. I speak a little bit of Portuguese. It's been a long time since I didn't speak, but when I have, I can speak. Seria melhor se eu posso olhar of alguém falar. You also did you also study Russian as well? For a very brief moment, right? In my freshman year of college, I tried to speak Russian. It was difficult, but yes, I do have the one phrase that I can pull out of my pocket. <laughs> Damn, that sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. And Excuse me, please. Have you seen my dog anywhere? <laughs> why? Why is it that phrase of all phrases? You know, <clears throat> I figure someday I'll be traveling in Russia and I will lose my dog. And I just knew that of all the phrases that I needed to keep in my back pocket, that was going to be the one. So I have no <clears throat> idea why did that stay in my head. I have no idea. This is just a. And and how good's your Australian language? Terrible. <laughs> Don't ask me to. No, to no, it. it's all right. I won't make you do ah, it. No. I won't make you do it. Oh, oh, there you go. There's a slight attempt, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Give me like three days, and I can listen and listen. I'll pick it up. But yeah. you know, I faked my way through Call of Duty, for instance, with my English accent. Yeah, there's the infamous story where the there was a. A British director, right? And you were kind of Damn, a little bit God nervous. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, so for, for for real, for real? Okay. We're still super tight, Dan and I. I just saw him in Los Angeles. He's one of the best people I know. Brilliant, brilliant writer for Call of Duty. So I was looking at the COD Wiki. I don't know if you're familiar with the COD Wiki. COD Wiki, is that kind of like WikiFeet, but for COD? Um, well... Kind of, yeah. I mean, it goes into the character's, you know, background and if they're alive or dead and that sort of thing. And I'm looking and, and Park is actually alive, apparently. She's not well, dead. That's because, Dan, enough people rallied and <laughs> saved Park. Really? I can't say it's I was you. one of them. <laughs> I know you weren't, and I won't forget that. I'm actually no. surprised that back on the. What am I doing here? Excuse me. Yeah, no, I'm so sorry. No, I'm only joking. No, Lazar. Yeah. Let's ask. Let's let's check Wiki. Is Lazar still alive? I don't actually know that. Can someone check in the chat? Yeah, but I looked and you're alive. I would love to know. Uh, they should have brought out the stats, like what the percentage was. Either way, did you ever find that I'd out? I'd be scared. I feel like many people <laughs> say Lazar. To their detriment, they didn't know. Forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. Yeah, I'm just so grateful to everyone who saved Park, including you. I'm sure at some point you probably went back and you saved her, and you realized how much better the game turned out when you saved Park. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, I loved that hashtag. I still, every once in a while, will throw it in randomly. Save Park. 
<laughs> on a random post. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> so how do you look back on that experience? And, and did that change the way you look at, at gaming? Oh, my God. That was one of the most incredible things. And I did not know when I went into it what an incredible experience it was going to be. I mean, when you're auditioning for it, everything is like coded. You know, they tell you you're like auditioning for like Maximus and you're like, what's Maximus? And then you go into the, you know, callback. It's the motion, it's the Activision, you know, motion capture studio. And you're like plastered in Call of Duty and you're like, wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Um, but it was, I mean, it was so cool getting to see behind the scenes of how much it takes to create a game that well-planned, that thought out. I mean, it's so rich and in-depth and the level of just thought and time, the amount of people, brilliant people who are creating these games. It just, it's like stumbling into Atlantis. It's like a whole city that I was like, whoa, this is a universe. I went to the game awards um, this past year with um, because they were announcing Immortals of Avium and it was incredible. It was like at the Staples Center or something. It was like, it was a huge, there were. Which one did you go to last year? Yes. The, oh, the 2020. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm surprised that you didn't. No, I remember. Picture. I remember you were there. Yeah. I do remember it. Yeah. Because I, I messaged like, you saying congratulations on the game. Yeah. It was, um, it was incredible to be, you know, I've obviously when I, when Call of Duty was released and I started getting people's feedback from, you know, my being in the game and being in touch with people who had played it and who loved it and getting to like see, you know, I was like, whoa, this is, I'm not part of the gaming community. Um, and so understanding the massive scale of it was amazing but then actually going and in person being there and hearing like the cheers and the screams you know the the enthusiasm from so many bodies just like it really drove it home for me I was like whoa this is this is like this is like an enormous amount of people are so deeply affected by this and how cool that I get to be a part of it and um it's really fun to work behind the curtain and just to like meet all the, the you know the designers and the sound engineers and everybody who it takes to make these games you know, come to life. It's just, it takes, takes more than a village. It takes an entire universe, really. It's amazing. Were you at the Game Awards the whole night? Did you get to see the orchestra? I saw the orchestra. Nice. I mean, it was, the, the whole thing is just, yeah, it's so well done. And it, it was so fun to be able to go. I'm grateful. Ivy Eisenberg, who cast me in. Oh, what a legend. Yeah. What a legend. You should speak to her. You should have her on the I've, show. She's I, like, yeah, we are going to do something because she's casted every game I've. Everything. Uh, yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. Anytime I get a message from her, I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I actually am totally, we're good friends in real life. We go out and have a great time together. She's a she's a hoot. She's a hoot, isn't she? Yeah. Love it, baby. Yeah, she casted uh, Immortals. Did she cast Cold War as well? Yes. Wow. Yeah, that was when we first connected. And then, yeah, and then Immortals. And that was like pretty, it was like kind of piggybacked on each other. So she's been so incredible and just such a wonderful resource, you know, someone who understands the whole process. And so I'm so grateful because being new to it, I'm like, I don't know how this, it, it works very different than film and television, you know? 
So being able to have somebody who's kind of a mentor who can like walk me through what it's like in the the whole development of the game. It's cool because, you know, you film it like you do chunks. And so it takes like a year and a half. I mean, Immortals was like three and a half years that I was working on that. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was a stretch. And you go in and you do like a chunk and, you know, you do like a little level or a section and then you go away for months and then you come back and they like show you what's happening. And you're like, oh, look at this. It looks so good. And then there are the like really weird, awkward moments when things are just starting to develop and you're bald and you look like Wallace and Gromit style. Like it's, you're like, oh no. <laughs> then the next time you come in and you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, the slow development. Mortals, yeah. Immortals, you play another badass character. Was that always the tone from the start? Dan, I think, yeah, I think yes. She was always going to be a, a badass female character. I think she was always going to be like, I remember getting the breakdown. And I, I recently talked to somebody at the actual, at the, um, at our like launch release party. I was talking to one of the developers and I was saying that I remember this. And he's like, I don't, I don't remember that. So I don't know if I dreamed this, but I'm, pretty sure I wouldn't have made this memory up that the character breakdown describes Zendara as Grace Jones meets Lucy Lawless, Xena warrior princess. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting that vibe. Like, <laughs> I would love to be those two women combined. <laughs> um, I just thought, and it was like, you know, it was going to be fantasy. And I was just like, I'm going to be so fucking hot. <laughs> and looks of course my like socially conditioned mind went to that like I was like I'm gonna look really hot and then when I arrived on set they hired me actually Dan I remember I sent them two takes I sent them like my normal take and then I did one where I was like I'm doing a Russian accent I'm going to try for something totally different why not oh. I did a whole one in like initiate you have been very very bad we don't know Damn. if you're going to die Initiate. I kind of want to see that character now in something that's cool. Where that tape exists, and Damn. Brett Robbins, actually the you know the the developer, the the director, the whole the man behind the whole operation, was like, "We hired you because we saw that, and we were just like, this girl's just weird. Let's bring her on. Like, what a weird take to send that. It was so inappropriate, and why not? Like, let's bring her on. So, thank God wow. I sent in my Russian, my one Russian phrase. So it actually kind of helped you book the job in a way. You never know what it's going to be. Yeah. You just know the like weird thing. Cause I feel like I've done that before. And then people are like, absolutely not her. She's the worst. We hate her. Why would she ever do that? You know? So it's like, you know, you just, it's like throwing spaghetti at a wall. You just never know. But I arrived on set that first day and I was like, oh my God, you know, this is so exciting. I'm starting another game. This is so great. And they showed me like a mock-up of Zendara. And I was like, um, th I'm sorry, this is, this is Dwayne Johnson with my face pasted on it. <laughs> oh, when, did, man. When, when did she become the rock? When did mm -hmm. she become, he meets the rock? I was like, what about Grace Jones? What about Lucy Lewis? <laughs> and I, it's horrible to say this, but my initial reaction was like, oh my God, more because I had such a complex when I was growing up that I was like, this like. I had this like deep voice and I was always taller than everybody. And I was like, I just want to be. Are like, you were self-conscious growing up? 
a little bit. So, so yeah, so okay. much. I like hated it. And now I'm so grateful. But for so many years, it was like a point of shame. Like I felt like I had to make myself small because I was like, I'm, you know, I, it felt like I was just this like weird ogre woman, which sounds like it's so sad to say that, but it was just, again, like, I don't know. That's the complex that I had growing up. Like I was like, I wish I were small and cute. Mm. I'm like powerful beyond the measure. <laughs> People are like, Ooh, <laughs> it was always the fear I had. Um, so when I saw this character, it was like my own weird complex was like staring right in front of me. Yeah. And my whole oh my God, I've been found out. Someone finally saw the truth of me, which is that I'm this like hulking mass of a woman. And they created this character because that's the energy that I bring into the room is that I'm like a seven foot, 700 pound <laughs> Titan. <laughs> um, and so for a second I was like, oh, but then you just like, you know, as an actor, it's like, okay, actually this is such a fun character. Let me just, you know, I'm going to go with it. What am I, I'm like, I'm going to have to go with it. Now, at the time, Dan, my best friend, Linda, who's 75 years old, she's the coolest woman I know. Shout out to Linda. Shout out to Linda. Big props to my girl, Linda. She um lived right by Josh Brolin. They were their neighbors. Oh, wow. I actually used to live there. It was like, that's how I met Linda. We were neighbors. So he was there. And I remember seeing him like right after I had been cast. And I was like, <clears> dude, <throat> I have to play this character that's huge. And of course, he does so much work as Thanos motion wow. capture does all of the like Thanos and he's like you know what you got to do you have to tell them to give you ankle weights and like weights on your body so that when you move it's like you're not just you know me running around in my normal body but like I have to act like I have 700 pounds of muscle on my body so he's like make sure that you get some like big ankle weights so that when you walk there's like this like power to it and like you know and that was like a note I remember getting like I was running and they're like oh but remember you when you run, you're like, <laughs> you're running like yeah. this way. <laughs> which is how I normally run, which oh. is why I don't run. Why you don't um, run, yeah. I'm just pulling up an image now for everyone um, who doesn't know this character. Hold on one sec, guys. Uh, here we go. Where is she? Oh. Beautiful Zendara. Can you see that, guys? Yeah, she's a she's a hunk of a woman, isn't she? I can't see the image, but I believe that you're putting something beautiful up. Oh, you can't see it? Hold on. Let me find it. This is the technicalities of going live, everybody. Oh, there she is. Oh, yeah. See that? There I mean, go. look at the biceps. Dude, she would rip me apart within about 30 seconds. Dan, do you notice my favorite part that the mole made in made it in again? Oh, I can't. I I told you that. I said this is awesome. Twice yeah. now you've 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 got Twice. it in. That's unheard Twice. of. I mean, especially I just I, I'm sure we talked about this last time, but like I remember, you know, when I first started auditioning, everyone was like, "You have to take that disgusting mole off your face. No oh, one's gonna hire you." I hate you. that. I hate I'm that. Like, yeah. And I'm like, some designer, some graphic designer went around and just plugged that mole on my face for every frame. Like that was someone's job at one point was tracking the mole. <laughs> I love that. I'm so grateful. <laughs> there is, I mean, there, 
I can see a little bit of you in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a cool game for anyone who hasn't played it. Check it out. It's It's got some really cool gameplay too, first-person magic. It's really um, different. I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it earlier it's this really year. I feel like it's going to be such a cult classic. Like it's been <clears> such a um, – everyone who plays the game – reaches out and is like, this is, it was like such an unexpected and wonderful, fun, exciting, cool. Yeah. Experience. And I, I feel like the characters that we found in there were really great too. I was moved because, you know, as I was working on this character, not to get too like deep into my own depth therapy work that oh, I'm doing, please. but it was like, it was a healing process for me because I was, it wasn't even just that I was given permission to embrace this part of myself that for so long I felt like I'd like, no, like, no, like, no, no, I'm not like, you know, like swallowed down. Not only was I not, it was like, it wasn't permission. It was like, I was being asked, they'd be like, could you turn that up a little bit? Like, could you get like, she's gotta be fucking like bigger and fiercer and like as scary and threatening as you can get. And that was, it wasn't anything that I'd been asked to do as an artist. I mean, Helen Park was absolutely so fierce and badass. And so I got to like, you know. But it's different. It was different because she was just so physically imposing. Um, I remember this one motion capture session I had with Darren where I have to, I like run over to him. Do I look like I'm doing it? He plays it? Jack in the, the main character. Yeah. Jack in yep. the character. And they were like, now remember when you're talking to him that he's like, that he's there, you know? And he was like having to, and Darren and I are like around the same size, but like he was having to like look up like this. And I was like looking down and being like, come on, initiate. And it was, you know, the the line read was always like little bitch. Like that was this, my subtext was always little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, there was a moment where I had to like, I like pick him up. Like he's like, you know, has fallen down or something. And I like grab him and I lift him up. And we like laughed so hard finding this moment when it was like, I lifted him and it was like so easy for her. Like she was just like so strong that it would, it would be like lifting a little stuffed animal off the ground. Um, and in that moment, I remember just being like, oh my gosh, wait, this is so fun to be like so strong as this human being that I can just like, I can throw people around. Like I'm just, what does that feel like when I like, really accept that and like weave that into my heart and soul and and like feel how that is and it was like I don't know some part of myself was was like thank you thank you right like it's a beautiful thing like why have you been trying to stuff me down all this time like right at that in, moment did you feel that I remember like that was a moment that it like hit me just because the reaction that people had when I like lifted him up and it was so easy and people were like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Of course. Cause she's so strong. And it was like this joyous reaction that people had rather than being like, Ugh, like, or I don't know, whatever I had thought that I would, you know, would feel ashamed if I ever like were to reveal my true, like, like there's no sexiness. She doesn't have, like sexiness isn't a part of her thing. There was never a moment of being like, but is, and does she look cute doing it? Mm. This wasn't ever part of the vocabulary with her. It was just her being 
so strong and capable and warm. And like, you know, you know, it wasn't like she was cold or, or like mean anyway. I mean, she was tough, but she was like, you know, she led with her being, her whole identity was based on how strong she was. And just to exist in that body was so like, oh. That's actually quite special. You'll never forget that. I will never forget that. And when we had the release party and I got to meet everyone who'd worked on the game and Mm. this was happening because the game was rolling out and I was getting messages from people who played. Zendara was this, like, it was like a fan favorite. Like she was a character that people responded to so deeply. And I, I was like, I remember I was like moved to tears at this launch party because someone, you know, all the people who worked on it were like, oh, she was just like, I mean, that character was just like transcended the game. It was like, I felt like as an actor, I, I was so grateful that the character had resonated with so many people. And it felt like this, yeah, again, this recognition that when you embrace this part of yourself that maybe you're like nervous about or have a shame around or like that, it felt vulnerable for me to like lead with this even though it's that it's like silly to say that because she's so strong there's there's nothing to be ashamed about but it was like some deep complex that i had you know that i was working through but when you open that up and like share that to then see people that's the thing that people react to right like that was the thing that people were responding to was almost that integration of this vulnerability into the work and I think that was a huge lesson for me as an actor. Like, wow, I shouldn't be trying to hide the things. I should be being like, look, look at this thing, right? Because that, because then people are like, right, yeah, I have that too. Or you give, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of magical process it is that moves people when they see something like that going on. But I think, I think that happened with this character, and so. I don't know. Was, she's like so dear to my heart now. I'm like, thank you, Zandara. You healed me. It'd be cool if we got not only a sequel to Cold War, but to that game as well. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot more to explore in that world. Big time. I mean, yeah, you know, in the end, I don't want to give it away. You know, because you've played it, but, it, you know, Zandara's got a, she's got an incredible storyline on that. And that was something like, you don't know when you start a game what the, what, how it's going to all pan out. And so getting to, you know, the final sessions where we were recording it and I was learning about like the, how her character arc was all panning out. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm so happy. So, yeah. yeah, I think So was that, was that your reaction? Happiness? Like, yeah. Like just because I, I didn't know also, and I don't know if you ever know, and probably someone could answer this for me, but how much of it changes as it's developing. Like, you know, they might have an idea of how it's going to go. And then you start filming and you start finding things and you're like, Ooh, this really works. Maybe we want to turn this up or maybe we're going to start shifting it. So the storyline that I had been presented with at first is different than what wound up happening. Really? Yeah. And I felt like it was part of that was just because as Zendara was growing as this character, I think, the, you know, the developers were like, let's, yeah, let's use this. Whatever it was, whatever was happening was something that was like organic. Yeah. Something cool is happening. So let's lean into it. Um, so obviously that feels good when you're an actor and, and you start seeing that they're like, 
you know. But that's not the first it. time you've had an effect on a project like that. Is it not? Oh, my God. I mean, I even, even Cold War. I mean, you were yeah. adding in spices of romance and stuff that wasn't originally that's in the right. script. Yeah. That's right. Our one-take Lazar and Park romance. I love that. That's the my favourite part of that game. I love that scene. Yeah. So good. And I told you, I'm sure, but that was it was one take. And they were like, we wrote this. We don't know if it's going to – we'll just try it. And, yeah, we did it in just the one take. And it was like – yeah, I feel like it turned it turned into, you know, yeah, then like this whole other little like flavor got written in that I think, yeah, why not a little romance in 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 Cold War? Why not? <laughs> if you so for people that haven't played Immortals, what what would be the thing you say to get them in? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think the world that they've built, the world building is just insane. I mean, it's unlike anything I'd ever seen and the detail that that went into it. So it's one of these games that I think you enter into this world and it's it's totally new and it's so there's so much to explore and to discover. And the level of like depth and detail that they created is just like it's unparalleled. So, you know, it took a long time because they were they were putting that effort and energy into creating such a, you know, specific and new kind of thing to explore. So I think that's what would draw me in. Like I, I love, you know, world building and exploring new worlds and things, but the magic is a really cool experience. I don't know what it's like from like a player standpoint. What about you, Dan, from a player standpoint, what would you say to get people? It surprised me from a gameplay point of view. I found it quite fun. It's kind of plays like a shooter game, but it's magic powers out of hands. It sounds bizarre, but it works. It works quite well. It really does. You haven't, you haven't played, um, either game you're in have you you're still i'm so nervous because i wouldn't even know how to hold the controller like i'm so <laughs> at the level that i wouldn't be able to like walk out the door and so so you I've need the had... vr headset maybe yeah something like that something like i feel that. like i need to find someone who's like really good on twitch or something who will like take me through and we can do like a like learn how to play a video game with me thing so if anyone's out there that knows i know i've said this before I, i'm still down to try it but it's just like i'm aware of someone would have to have to be so patient because i would truly be it would be like trying to teach your mom how to use tiktok it would be like that level of like oh god <laughs> really bad at it <laughs> you're not on tiktok are you i'm not i feel like you'd be pretty good at that but yeah it's just another thing yeah <laughs> No, it's like life. I feel like my days are already so full. I'm like, I and I, I'm sure it would be so much fun. And I feel like I would have such an, I, I think I probably, if I put my mind into doing that, I would have so much fun. But I just, I, my life is so full of like, you know, what I'm doing in the everyday moment, just day to day. I'm just, I, I don't feel like I've carved it in to my life. What's, what's a perfect day for you? Honestly, my days have been so perfect. I'll tell you about it. So I wake up, you know, I stand on my vibration plate. I should get like a sponsorship with them. I need you to really like should. You really should. You just sold me. I'm going to buy one straight after. Yeah. I eat breakfast now. That's a new thing for me. I just started eating breakfast again. I had been like intermittent fasting for a long time, which I think was actually not so great for me as it turned out. So I, so I have a nice little breakfast and then I'll do one of two things, Dan, but in my perfect day, let's say I'll do them both. First, I go to this place called Steep Rock preserve there's a state park right near me and it has this beautiful old train tunnel and it's like my magic space i it's like the place that i go to heal so i walk it's like maybe a mile or 
two miles into the woods, right by this huge river. I go into the tunnel. I do some weird ritual stuff. Say my prayers. I, I, I unzip my skin and I like come out and I just like <laughs> discarded the old skin that I don't need anymore. And then I bless myself and uh, there's a big quartz rock and I press my face into it. And I, you know, it just, I don't know. It's, there's a, there's a deep part of me that's connects to this big, it's a giant quartz rock. And it's like, I'm like a cat. Are, are there other people around? No, I'm guessing. Every once in a while I'll see a person. Yeah. It's, it's not so, especially at the time that I go, it's pretty empty. Okay. So I'll go back. I'll go back home. Let's say I've started riding again. So I've been riding horses, which has been like my heart's joy because I grew up riding horses and I was I was such an insufferable oh. horse as a child. And now I'm back into that. So I'll go and I'll ride my horse. And um, I have this big, beautiful black horse named Zydeco right now. He's not actually my horse. I'm just I'm just riding him. Um, yeah. but we'll do some, you know, we'll do we'll we'll do a little dressage, some jumping. We'll get a little nice training session in and uh, maybe go for a little trail ride, you know. He's, oh, that's cool. he's a, it's, it's been such a wonderful part of my life to like uh, explore again, just connect with the, nature too. Connecting with nature is amazing. Also having a relationship with something I'm sure any pet owner can relate to this, but having a relationship with um, an animal, especially on a horse, cause you're teaming up, you're like doing these things. Like I'm like, we're jumping these big jumps. I can't talk to you. We have to find a way to like do this together. Um, you're much bigger than I am. I'm hoping that I can convince you to do something kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> and so that you start, like you learn how to communicate in different ways. And I don't know, I've, I feel like I've like learned so much about relationship through the dynamic with my horse. Where I'm like, oh, I can't actually just tell you, like, you're really annoying me right now. Could you stop? <laughs> how do I um, gently but firmly communicate what needs to happen here? Um Get home, have a nice writing session. I'd have a nice little lunch. I'd make myself something really yummy and tasty. And then like a yeah, what? Like a um like a steak salad, you know? Oh, okay. Just yeah. Medium rare, just a little bloody, maybe even rare. <laughs> nice cheese on it, big piece of toast with some cheese and a and some raw steak. Yeah, that sounds great. After a nice day riding. And then um nice hop into work i mean i've been the last few months been writing and it's just been so much fun i have this incredible writing partner corinne um and we've kind of found this like amazing flow it's it's so fun to work with a collaborator i'm a very collaborative person in my creative life it's like uh i hate to work alone writing alone is tough it's really tough i have so much respect for anybody who can sit down with a blank page and write on their own um for me, half the fun is this like synergy that happens. It's like you throw out an idea and someone's like, yeah, but, and what if she's like, and what if she has cat ears? And I'm like, oh, I never would have thought of cat ears. That's so good. Okay. Yeah. She's got cat ears. And then you're off to the races and there's this, there's amazing thing that happens in an ideal world. You know, when you're, when you're in collaboration where it's not one plus one equals two, it's like one plus one equals like 17,826. And you're like, whoa. Um, so I feel that so much right now with my writing partner. Um, That's so great. writing, we write, we get 10 pages written. That's a great fucking day or. Yeah, that's good. You know, yeah, really good. 10. It's been fun. 10. We actually wrote the screenplay that we wrote this summer. We, we wrote it in 10 days flat. We just sat down and we were like, 
on our 10th day, we stood up and we were like, holy shit, we just finished that script. How quick. How a hundred pages is how long do you think? How long does that translate to on screen? About a minute page is the general rule. Okay. Yeah. Minute. It totally depends. Like if it's like a very action heavy (laughs) dialogue is like, hey, hi, how's it going? Not much you, which is terrible writing. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, so it it depends, but it averages out to about a page a minute. So if you have like a 90 minute, you know, 90 page script, you get an hour and a half film. Yeah. So are you going to shop? What's your plans with the the writing? Try to get actors attached first is a really good way to go. I mean, there's a there's a billion ways that a film can get made, and I'm yeah. learning all of it, so it's all terra incognita for me. But um, it's like, you know, you can get an actor attached, and then they can bring in money, or you can get, you know, people who are interested in financing, and then you can approach people socializing it. You know, it's like basically you, you want to get as many eyes on it as you can, so you never know, you know, the, the person who's going to be like, I've got an idea. I want to give you $5 billion. You're like, that's it. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> and you don't want but, to direct? As of now, I don't have that itch. I'm mm. allowing that to be something that comes to me in time, if and when. But um, I'm so happy for other people to direct things. I love writing so much, and producing was the short film that I produced. That was um, that was an, very exciting. I thought I was going to die. I thought really? I'm dying. Why? The sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that I'm like, this is all, you know, I wrote it. I got the team together. The team then, you know, I couldn't have done it without them, obviously. But it felt like I had, it felt like I had somehow convinced all these people to work on this thing for me. I was financing it myself. You know, I was the star of it. And I oh, wow. remember like going into production, just being like, how, why did I, you know, I, I've led all these people into battle and we're all going to die. Like I've done, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> They're all going to be like, why did we fall you into battle? You're a terrible leader. Um, it's hard enough to produce, let alone act in it as well. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. It was the, you know, the, the feeling of responsibility too was also like, God, I hope I don't do a bad job that like once everything's in place, and you feel like it's a miracle if you get anything to just all fall together and you can actually get the shoot dates and everything's like all set up. And then, you know, the day I woke up and had to step into camera and it was just me and I was like, oh God, I hope I'm not horrible because then all of this <laughs> will have been for nothing. But where can we, can we watch it? Is it available anywhere yet or will be? It hasn't been dropped. We're hoping that we can premiere at a film festival. Um, we have, you know, the ability to put it out online, but, um, you know, you kind of want to give that right to a film festival and premiere at a film festival in an ideal world. You'll send so, me a link after, yeah? A hundred percent. I will. All right, let's get to a few of these questions before we let you go, Lily. By the way, what are the chances of, um, what are the chances of Park coming back in a future COD, do you reckon? And where would you go with it? I'm curious. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be so exciting? Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> the, the timing of that drink was quite funny. Yeah, what where what would you um is there anything you'd like to explore with that character? Oh my god, so many things. Yeah, I mean she's so capable 
and so funny. I would love to lean into more, find more of her humor. I feel like we were finding it and it was kind of like, oh, look, she's got this like cutting, sassy, really funny side. Um, you know, this dynamic with the guys where I feel like she was always kind of like, oh my God, catch up, keep up, you guys. Like, um, so I would love just exploring those dynamics. It's always the most fun for me is like, how does she interact with all the different characters and the players? And yeah, maybe, you know, if Lazar is dead and, you know, who's next on Park's list? Like, get some love for Park. <laughs> Let's like not just save Park, but date Park. But even if it's not, <laughs> even if it's not Park, that Russian accent you came out, I reckon you could play a really cool Russian villain or something. Or not even a villain. It could be a, yeah, I've, there's something there, Lily. You need to I'll get back and dust off my little <laughs> reference. Oh yeah, I I would be thrilled. I love doing voice work. I love doing accents and you know messing around with different uh, different different kind. stuff. It, yeah, yeah. Well, it just informs a character so much. Anytime you have like a, something in that changes the way you speak, it just it it's like a reverse engineer. It's like as soon as my mouth is different, I've like the whole everything that like informs my character becomes different so park yeah having just the fact that she had that accent it just um so much came out of what that voice was which is so that's always fun to explore someone i'd love to know i was actually recently telling my my dear dear friend dalel who is actually my movement coach and she helps me with all of this the physicality that i do um she's um from mexico and we speak in spanish together and I was telling her, I was like bemoaning to her. Cause I was like, I'm a much better version of myself in Spanish. Like I, I like myself more as a Spanish speaker than as an English speaker. Wow. And it's sad. I have to like live with myself mostly as an English speaker. But <laughs> when I'm speaking, when I'm speaking Spanish, I'm like, man, I'm a good time. Really? What do you, what do you think it is? I was wondering about this. I think it's two part is what I came up with. The first part I was thinking, everyone who I spoke Spanish to, everyone who I speak Spanish to is like unconditionally loving. Olga was unconditionally loving to me. And the people who I, you know, speak Spanish with to this day are people who are like safe, safe, safe spaces. So I think one thing is that I never had to develop these like affectations or these little protective measures of myself in like a Spanish speaking way, because I feel like I'm a, I'm safe when I'm speaking Spanish. It, my body feels like I'm I'm with good people when I'm speaking Spanish. I don't have to worry. I don't have to like couch anything or go back on anything or make like run it through and be like, did I sound like a jerk or, you mm -hmm. know. Two, I think there's something about when it's like not the not your primary language. And so you're a little loosey goosey mm -hmm. and you can kind of make these mistakes and be like, it's okay. I, there's a lot of poetic license that happens when I'm speaking Spanish. And I think it turns out sounding so much better than the ways that I speak correctly in English. Like I'll make these little mistakes and I'm like, oh, wasn't that beautiful? I love that little poetic thing I just came up with and all the little like slapdash strange ways of speaking that I come up with because it's not my primary language. I just think they're like, it, it like allows me a kind of playfulness and a spontaneity that I think when in English, I'm like, I should probably speak correctly. This is really the language that I speak. I should be saying things right. And in Spanish, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, it's also the most beautiful language to listen to, isn't it? Let's be honest. 
Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Olga, the woman who raised me, she refused to learn English. She never learned it. She lived in the United States for 35 years. And she's like, why would I learn such an ugly language? Oh, so you couldn't speak to her in English at all? No, no. Wow. The whole family learned Spanish, yeah. And no wonder like, you're so good at speaking it, yeah. What a power move. She was like, That's nope. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, she was like English and she would do impressions and she's like, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, is that what I sound like to you? It's <laughs> just really beautiful for sure. Oh, that's great. Hey, Lily, I hope you're in the next COD from Tio. Oh my gosh, Tio, me too, baby. You and me both. Jimmy, I love your work in Cold War. Do you have any advice for actors going into an audition? Thank you so much. Thank you for your I mean, donation, Jimmy. Jimmy, thank you. Jimmy, um, I think it sounds so obvious and it's the hardest thing. It's like the simplest and the hardest thing, which is to try to bring the, the quality of yourself that's like your unique <laughs> self to not operate from a place of what do they want me to be and I'm going to try to be that. But who am I and like what's my unique perspective that I can show them that's going to surprise them and is going to be me and my full humanness. It's really hard to keep that when you get into an audition. It's so scary. But trying to keep your your whole self with you, I think, is the best thing. How many how many auditions do you do? Oh, you know, that it's is... an embarrassing amount. Yeah, still to this day. I mean, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But I mean, not you know, not recently because the strike has been happening. No, but... yeah, of course, yeah. I don't have the offers rolling in yet, Dan. But you should one day. You should. I don't. You know what? I'm going to offer myself roles. Is what's going to happen. I'm not power offer, player. I'm yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to offer myself with the stuff I'm writing. I'm going to say she she got the role. I know her. She's good for it. Uh, anonymous, thank you for the fifteen dollars. I appreciate that very much. After three years since Cold War release, what are Lily's thoughts about the fan content, the two 3D art? that has been made around park there is some very interesting i don't know the art that you've seen but i've seen some very interesting art along the way i love it all yeah i love it all i've seen yeah. the good the bad i've seen the sexy and i support you know if people <laughs> are inspired to make art because of park i'm thrilled for that i see people make things and I, i'll post it on my stories because i'm amazed at what people can do i'm i'm so impressed and yeah, I mean, I'm like delighted. Yeah, hundred percent. Keep making artwork of Park and like Hop. Are yeah, sure. Like, I, I'm I'm not opposed to seeing Park in a sexy little outfit. That's fine by me. I have no no qualms with that. What was this? Is from anonymous. What was Japan like, Lily? Did you go to Japan recently? Yes, not recently. Okay, in 2019, I guess. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what Japan was that like? Oh my gosh, I had the most amazing time. It was my second time that I'd visited. And that time I, I took myself for Valentine's Day. And um, it was such a romantic thing that I did. By yourself? And, uh, yeah, by myself. Although I met a friend there. So I had a friend who was, you know, was there. We met up eventually. But um, yeah, first I was in South Korea. I went to Seoul. It was really heart, heart and soul. I took myself to Seoul for Valentine's Day. And then I hopped over to Tokyo. Wow. I would... If I had like the gift of you get to live anywhere for six months and just like have a, an immersive experience would absolutely live in Tokyo. It would, it's really? such an amazing, I mean, Japan, I would love to explore more of Japan, but um, 
Tokyo is such a wonderful combination of unexpected things. And the food is amazing and the people are incredible and the, the streetwear and the, what people are wearing and yeah. the clean, like so clean. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's like high social responsibility. So I want to go. Do you have any recommendations? So many. I'll absolutely send you all of them. But yeah. you know what's really fun is going to the fish market. I am going to mispronounce the name. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Um, yeah. You go very early. You have to go like at 6, 6.30 in the morning or something when all the fish has arrived. And you can walk around the market and they'll give you like the fresh fish just like right off the, and it's like, it's heaven. Oh, I love seafood. So that's that you speak in my language. Yeah, you got to go. It's all close right. to you. Yeah, it is. It's not a bad flight, actually. Yeah, we were looking the other day because we uh, we really do want to go. Lily, I'm going to pull up a few images and uh, just give you a quick story of what, what you see here. What, what's Dan, the... this is in Tokyo. Is it really? Hopefully we don't get banned for this one, but yeah. No, what's <laughs> no, we the should, ban? We should yeah, be right. We should be celebrated for this one. Exactly. Um, this is um, the the my male alter ego, Jim Bills. Um Jim was the one who took me on this Valentine's trip. I found myself feeling like I had a dearth of sort of masculine energy. And so I was like, I'm going to, you know what? I have a male alter ego inside of me. Jim, Jim Bills. Bills. Where Jim did you coin that name? Jim Bills was, someone <laughs> once called me Jim Bills. And I thought it was like, I, as soon as I heard it, I said, you, you're right. That's exactly what it is. There you go. Um, you know, Jim Bills knows exactly all the things that I like, and it was one of the best boyfriends I ever had. Uh, Jim Bills <laughs> for Valentine's Day, and then we were in Tokyo, and through this friend who I told you about, I met this amazing uh, photographer, Mia, and Mia and I became, this was maybe the second time we met. She's like, do you want to do a, a shoot in the hotel? We were at the Park Hyatt. That's where Lost in Translation was filmed. And I was like, wow. yeah, let's do, let's do something. That's cool. We were taking these pictures and I was so awkward. I'm like, I'm kind of awkward with a still camera. I just get self-conscious. And I was like, and she was like, do, can you do something else? And I was like, and she's like, or not that, something else than that. And suddenly, you know what? I'm not going to do this photo shoot. I'm going to leave it up to Jim because Jim's like really capable and he's just like, he's got swag. Jim Bills, by the way, uh, like is kind of loosely based on Joe Camel. I later came to realize. I was like, Joe Camel. Joe Camel. Hold on. I recognize the name. Joe Camel. Like, I mean, this is bad because it's like a cigarette. <laughs> it's like Camel cigarettes. So I don't want to promote cigarette smoking. That's not cool. Oh, Joe Camel. Right. <laughs> okay. But he's kind of got like a real swag to him. Yeah, I get it now. I see it. Yeah. 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 We were doing this photo shoot and I was kind of clamming up and feeling all self-conscious. And then I was like, I'm just going to let this alter ego take over. And this is Jim. Yeah. Jim just kind of came out. I didn't act. I didn't tell her that, but suddenly she's like, what just happened? And I was like, I let Jim Bills take the reins. Me and I, we, we hung out maybe three times, two or three times in Tokyo, and we got along so well, we wound up planning this uh, road trip through the south of France a year later. I like reached out and was like, I'm going to be in France. What are you doing? She's like, not much. Do you want to take a road trip? And we spent like 10 days road tripping in the south of France. So this, this photograph is. I can't even cool. catch up with friends in Australia that live 10 minutes away, and you're catching up with people from across the world going to France on a road trip. Man, it was it was a wild time of my life. It's not always like that, but it comes in. That was a that was a fun adventure. When was your last holiday, by the way? 
What was my last holiday? Hmm. I guess I was in Belize with um, Heather Hemmons, my dear, dear friend from Roswell. We went on a little girl's trip in Belize. Um, I guess we had, we knew at that point that Roswell had was not going forward. That was like a year. No. So I've been other places. I was in Oaxaca like uh, in last March. I went to Oaxaca, Mexico. That was incredible. The food was unlike anything I'd ever tasted. That was that was amazing. Oh, really? I'd love to take what another of, trip. What, what sort of food? I mean, Mexican, the mole, I, yeah. I ate crickets. It was oh. like things that my, my body just, I hadn't tasted the, that kind of flavor palette before. I mean, I'd had mole mm. before, but it was like when I got there and was eating the real stuff, I was just like, whoa, this is like, it's a totally different vibe. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't know. By the way, guys, she has no idea what photos are going to come up here. I have no idea. I love this one. I mean, the cat ears, you know, what if she had cat ears? Mm. This is like Going back to before, yeah. Oh, it's a callback. Um, this was on Halloween in Santa Fe. I was actually dressed up as um, a twin. We were conjoined twins, me and my friend Eva, my dear friend Eva. We took a shower curtain and we tied it around the bottom half of us. Um, and we were Tiffany, this one girl. We joked that it was two girls, one pussy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that's just what we said. You have to make that joke. I don't blame you. Sorry. They were terribly at odds with each other. And it was like, we, we thought it was so funny that like these two people, you know, were connected and had to like, you know, live with each other their whole lives. Yeah. Um, so this, this is my character. She is separate. We were peeing. I think actually at this moment, Eva was probably sitting on the toilet peeing and took this picture of me. <laughs> I was wearing hot pants underneath the shower curtain and I was clearly, I was feeling myself. Oh, that reminds moment. me of when you, there was a, a video of you and you're in a bathroom and there's a toilet and then there's another toilet. Where's another that? toilet. That's weird. That was in Los Angeles. That's in what um, the hell. That's so weird. It's a Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles. I can send you the info if you ever want to go. <laughs> you and a friend can, you know, pee at the same time or or more. Yeah. Ho hopefully that's a defect, uh, defect or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This cat just saw him randomly. Just was walking down the street, and we, you know. It's like real recognize real is all I can really is what I think when I see this. We just saw each other and we had a connection and yeah, that was pretty much. Are you a cat or dog person? I mean, I love, I love them both so much, but I have a certain respect for cats because they just don't give a fuck. They just, and I, and I love you that. You resonate with them. that? Yeah. There's like a, there's a godliness to a cat. Like mm. they're just like, Take me or leave me. I don't really care. And they're so, I mean, it's an apex predator, you know, a cat, like their, their physicality. I'm, I'm stunned. They sleep 18 hours a day and then they leap a hundred feet into the air. And I'm like, but this is just, you're just poetry in motion cats. They're so beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now this that isn't kid. a real pregnancy, but yeah. Who's that kid? I feel like I forgot something, right? My kid. This is not a real pregnancy. This was one of my first jobs on a show called Brain Dead. There's my rubber stomach. Look at that giant rock they gave me. They let me pick out what wedding ring I wanted. Oh, wow. That is a huge wedding ring. Damn. You were getting looked after there. Sure than my belly. Yeah, she was, <laughs> although she was cheating on her. So it was like, oh, you know, what a bit all of an asshole. The world, all the money in the world can't buy loyalty. Yeah. So what's that like being pregnant? Um, 
for a film annoying for a film i mean it was fun it was yeah. great like all the fun of being pregnant without any of the headache you know it was like people would and because i you know i would like i had to have it like once i put it on you kind of like got to stay on so when you're walking around and people might not know that it's fake they'll behave as though they you know as though you're about to pop and so people were giving me their seats and asking me if i was okay and i wasn't telling anyone that i wasn't actually pregnant obviously i was leaning into it and i was doing other fun things like drinking you know and just you know knocking it back and like you know, pretending. <laughs> like, oh my god, should she be smoking? Uh, oh, this oh is a throwback. This is a throwback. Yeah. Thank you. Me and my mom looking equally surprised. How long ago was this? Do you think? I think I must have been fifteen. Wow. Maybe it was Damn. at the Kennedy Center Honors. I, I'm not sure where this was. My mother, you know, I would sometimes get to go along and be my mom's date to things. And so there are like a lot of fun, very embarrassing images of me being like in the background. Like, Were you nervous or? I think, um, yes, I'm sure I was a little self-conscious, but I think it was also so exciting to yeah. be able to be part of whatever was going on. Like that was just, and, you know, my mother seemed to be welcomed as someone who was was deserved to be there. So I was just kind of like, I'm with her. Yeah. I think there's also something nice about going to an event like this where it's not your thing. So I actually had no skin in the game. So it was just kind of like, you get to kind of Enjoy be like, it. whoa, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. And you feel different when it's something that you're like, oh, here we go. Of course, I didn't know that the internet would happen as it did and that these images would live on in perpetuity forever and ever. Amen. So I might have been more nervous had I known that. Ah, this is my road trip with Mia. Oh, <laughs> no way. Really? How funny. I guess I'm actually taking this picture, it looks like. Um, we were driving through the south of France and it was crazy sunflower fields just as far as the eye could see. So you know, every once in a while we'd hop out and take a series of photographs. This is one of the more G-rated versions of the Sunflower series, actually. But I think this, oh, one this is okay. Yeah. So what did you get your gear off and just start posing in the middle of a? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's France. It's <laughs> oh, like they all do it over there, do they? Yeah. yeah, I don't think I would do this in Germany. I wouldn't behave like this in Germany. <laughs> uh, and then I think this is. The last one, yeah. Fuck. This you is know, cool. This... Not many actors do this, so I give you credit. This is cool. I mean, I didn't know that. This is a. There's a story behind this as well. This day, this day in general, I didn't realize what a huge like honor it was that I was getting this photo shoot. I thought this was maybe sort of standard. I've never had an experience like this since then. And I think it was just an enormously remarkable thing that they called me in, I, you know, when we were developing the character park and they brought me in and it was a full day where I dressed up in like 15 different outfits and they would put me up on this big, like lazy Susan. And I would like turn around and be doing like all these different like poses and stuff. Um, now, I guess it was two days that we had this. The first day... I got a text from my boyfriend in the morning being like, I can't do this anymore. I'm breaking up with you over a text message. <laughs> and I was like, what? 
I also, it was the first time I'd had anything like this and I misread the call sheet, Dan. So I, which is never happens. I'm a very professional person, but I misread the call sheet. So I thought I was supposed to come in at 1 PM and I was supposed to come in at like 10. And at 9 AM, I received the text message saying like, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I was like, like wrecked. I was wrecked, you know? Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Sorry. And you absolutely should laugh. It's, <laughs> it's a huge, massive comment. So I'm hysterically sobbing and I get a call from the studio or my, my manager or Ivy maybe being like, where are you? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you were supposed to be on set 20 minutes ago. Are you on your way? And I'm like, what? I'm supposed to come to one. No, you're supposed to be here now. So I fly out of the house and I'm like on the 10 with my mom on speakerphone, not in my hand because I'm a safe driver through my Bluetooth of my car, like, so, like losing it. Like <laughs> and my mother's like, listen, honey, you have to pull it together and show up on that set and you better work. And I don't care what's happened to you this morning, but you got to put it away and you got to get to work. And like, you know, she was not thrilled that I was Who late. said that? My mother. Oh, what a legend. It was just like, pull it together. You got to get there and you got to deliver the goods. Now I have to get there and deliver the goods of like, I'm a, I'm an MI6 agent and I'm the <laughs> most intense qualified person. And instead I show up like an hour late, fucking <laughs> face swollen mascara. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just broke up with me. And I feel like they were all like, hey, cool. <laughs> You know, Helen Park was also one of the first like big female leads on Call of Duty. Here I am like showing up and I was just like not giving womankind a good look, showing up here crying. I was just like, I have to pull it together. So I like went into the dressing room. I remember the God bless the like makeup artist was like, honey, we're going to like put some under eye concealer on and we're going to do this and you're going to deliver. And I was just like, and like 10 minutes into it, I was like, Give me the gun. And oh, just, so like, you channel the inner rage. Yeah. There I am being like, fine, break up with me. Like, <laughs> you think there's not another one coming down the pipes? <laughs> That's fantastic. What a great story. Yeah. So behind all of those shots of Helen Park. And you wouldn't, like, no one would have a clue until now. Now everyone knows, but. Now everyone knows. They <laughs> they're like, what's that pain behind her eyes? Oh, her sad boyfriend who broke up with her right before him. Oh, thank you, Lily, for giving up some of your time today. We really appreciate it. It is such a pleasure, Dan. I love chatting with you. And I Even love chatting with you. Podcast, you just let me know. You know, I'm I'm available for podcasts anytime. Thank you very much. And so when this isn't the last time we're gonna see you in gaming, right? You you're still gonna yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got stuff in the pipes. I wish I could tell you all about it, Dan. I'm sworn to secrecy. No, no, I no. I'm just, I just wanted to know that, we're, you know, there's still more coming. That's, that's good. Don't worry. There's going to be um, multi releases. So, Beautiful. you know, hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a great time. And you'll come back and tell us, tell us all about it then. I'll come uh, back and I'll try to generate some good stories for you for the next time. <laughs> Thank you very much, Lily. Guys. 
Thank say you, goodbye. Dan. Thank you to everyone so much who contributed and thank you to everyone who's watching and came along for the ride. I so appreciate you guys. Yeah, and if you're watching this back uh, not live, please use the link in the de- in the um, description. There's one more here quickly I'll get to, um, Lily, just while you're here. Uh, I just wanted to say, Lily, you are the best, very generous, simply amazing. Does do, do you speak French? Un petit peu. Je ne parle pas français, mais un petit peu. Okay. And merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. That's so kind. I would love to speak more French. So maybe you can help me. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Lily. Uh, before I let you go, can um, can Park say something to Dan to round this one out? Do you still would have you it like in it? you, that accent? Dan, what do you want me to say? I'll say anything to you, Dan. <laughs> What do you want? Being cheeky, are we, Dan? Yeah, Being just cheeky. just come up anything you want. Honestly, just give us something. Come on, really, Dan. <laughs> I hate to do this to you because I'm an awfully big fan of yours, but unfortunately, I've been sent on assignment to kill you. So, any last words before I go? I save Lazar, bitch. <laughs> 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 oh, <no. laughs> I love Only it. Kidding. I'm, I'm Team Park. I'm Team Park. All right, guys. Say goodbye to Lily. Thanks again, Lily. We'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Have a good day. See you soon.